You're listening to 1590 KVTA Afterwards, a podcast where Tom Spence, the host of the KVTA Morning Show, sits down with myself, Big Tom McLean, and we just talk about the day's events and whatever else might come our way. Got a bunch of things to talk about, a little bit of sports, too. A nickname for the Golden State Warriors that I was not aware of. Oh. We'll have that. It's a big series with the Lakers. Lakers bringing it back. We'll see how that rolls out. We have Teslas in the news. We have CPR songs, Beatles songs, a lot to chat about. But you've got to see this video. We were talking about this early on the show. Mm -hmm. This is, for anybody who wants to look on the World Wide Web, type in Alligator Robot Florida. So they sent this robot down into uh, the pipes because they got to check them for damage. You know, that's how they do it now. People don't walk through pipes anymore. We have them here in Ventura County. They have robots that go through drainage pipes just to see if they're in good uh, condition oh my so this one is rolling down and guys are looking through the robot's eyes and look what the look what happens the robot is approaching an alligator oh oh isn't that crazy it's like a six footer and they were saying that before somebody would have been walking down there but when you look at what they do with a robot the guys operating the robots are real wise guys so look what happens here so they have the, the robot actually confronts the alligator and kind of pops it and it, it keeps rolling it back and it has this uh, this interesting look if you were down there checking the pipes and that sucker was there oh. wouldn't that be something oh. i don't like lizards i don't like blue bellies such deliberate movement from the oh that's terrifying yeah. no and thanks. the uh, yeah the robot is is down there chasing it through so that is one of those uh, videos of the day the alligator robot check it out we were talking to our local guy uh, jeff pratt and he's the uh, the head of ventura works and he was talking about all the stuff that they come across rattlesnakes and the like huh. i don't think we have alligators here though. oh no thankfully and you know anytime i meet somebody who from florida who says that they can't live in california with all those earthquakes and i'm like mm -hmm. if your car breaks down and you are you or if your tire goes out and you have to replace your tire you have to look on the side of the road for alligators to make sure you're not eaten we don't really have that problem even when people golf it's yeah. the same thing oh. people will be golfing like here you just got to make sure if there's, you know, you just hit the bush with your club just to make sure, like, if a rattlesnake's around. But with an alligator, yeah, and that happens. That yeah. happens on those courses. So The great chubs. Those it is funny what scares people. Like, with me, I have to admit 100% I'm just afraid of snakes, flat out afraid of snakes. A rattlesnake would even be worse. But when it comes down to it, the skeptical inquirer, which I, I got for about 10 years— talks about all stuff you should be skeptical about. And mm -hmm. mostly the things you are afraid of, you shouldn't be. And the things you're okay with, you should be more concerned. Like mm -hmm. they were talking about things like riding a motorcycle down the street. They say statistically, you should be terrified yeah. as you're operating that bike because of all the incidences that occur. But most people are like, hey, this is cool. But something like a shark attack, there's like nine fatalities a year. Right. In the ocean. Nine. In the that's whole worldwide. world. Yeah, yeah, that's worldwide. That's just, but everybody's all, oh, sharks, sharks. But it is funny. And with me, I am so afraid of snakes and rattlesnakes. And we talked about this before. How many rattlesnakes have I seen in the wild? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> and I've hiked a lot. Yeah. But I'm terrified of them. But I've never come across them. So it's the logic of the human. Yeah, it is. And, and part of that is probably because you haven't seen them. So you had no real f ability to get familiar with them out in the wild. But you've, you've seen them in, in uh, 
what do you call them? Under uh, uh, somebody as having them as a pet. A pet in my house. Yeah, we, in an aquarium, we had two rattlesnakes for about uh, six months. And then it finally bit the guy, and we got rid of the rattlesnakes. So that was out. But the other thing that's funny, when people say, oh, earthquakes, California. I say, you know, six mobile homes just left <laughs> your park with a wind, and you're worried about an earthquake. <laughs> It's, it is funny. I remember when message boards were a thing and somebody said something about California and their earthquakes. And my retort was, at least I know that I'm not going to wake up with my car on top of my house. That's right. Because that happens. <laughs> Where were you for the uh, Giants A's quake? Giants A's quake. I was in Sacramento and I didn't feel it. I was on the phone with, uh, with a girlfriend and she said, hey, they just canceled the World Series. And I didn't, hadn't turned the TV on yet. And I thought... Oh, what a dumb girl. They don't cancel World yeah, Series. Yeah, they don't do that. How would yeah. that happen? I felt it here in Oxnard, and I had witnesses. Wow. I felt that earthquake in Oxnard. The room just kind of went a bump, bump. And, you know, when the farther you get away from the quake, the smoother the, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. whatever you call it, the waves are. And I felt it, and somebody said, what? And then we went into the TV room at the office, and it's like, and so looked at me and go, you felt that? So we were wondering how intense that must have been for the people in San Francisco. Interesting. The other thing uh, to look at here is Tesla's. I'm not trying to really bag on electric cars. If people want one, good, go for it. You know, it's great. But a Tesla was driving in California. The guy's driving along, and it started running a little weird. And he noticed some smoke. He pulled over. The thing had caught fire while he was driving it. And when the fire department came up, they literally couldn't put it out. And so they just kind of let it burn. And they're trying to figure out. This was like spontaneous. There was no wreck. There was nothing going on. There was no issue. Now, there's a lot of Teslas out there. So this isn't happening every day. Mm -hmm. But it's just one more thing with electric cars. Yeah. So if they can combust like this, if you're in an apartment house or a condominium, and somebody parks one, that's your place, too, because right. everybody's common. So I wonder how insurance is going to cover this. They even tell you not to keep hoverboards in your house because they have the little lithium batteries in them, and those can combust. Oh, yeah. So you have cars. It's just interesting. The Tesla had a lot of good press for a while, but do you think a few people are just kind of hunting for Musk these days, trying to find a few more things? Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe. Maybe yeah. they are. But with Teslas, we got to figure this battery thing out. And as we said in previous shows, I'm not really that interested right now. No. I don't really think I'm going to uh, make the move. No. It's one of those things where it feels like, you know, once it's once it you have to make the move, then that's when you make the move. Because there's still there's so much there's so much that we don't know. There really is that when it comes to like. Are we going to have enough energy to support all of that? Or what are we going to do with all the cars as they go bad? When a How car quickly, burns, what do we yeah. do with it? Where do you yeah. stack the batteries yeah. and all of that stuff? But the other side of it is, since I, I try to look through things like as a, a system, imagine what people thought when somebody said, okay, we're going to be driving around these carriages that have like 10-gallon gas tanks, and I'm going to park one right next to your house. Mm-hmm. Somebody might have looked and said, oh, no, I don't want 10 gallons of gasoline right now. They're everywhere. I'm so, sticking with the horse. Yeah, we got over that. That's and, and Henry Ford famously said many years ago, they said, why didn't you ask the public about these cars? And he says, if I asked the public what they wanted me to make, they would have said better buggy whips. So he had to move it forward and create the cars in the assembly line. That's you true. know what else he created? Hmm. Cookouts. Think about it. Cookouts. He made charcoal. 
Oh, wow. He had the patent on charcoal because back then he used a lot of wood for cars and all the scrap was around. He loved to travel. He loved doing that type of thing. And he created the first charcoal. Oh, nice. Smart man. Yeah, wow. Smart man. So we do have to look back historically and just think, would anybody have ever imagined, like in 1905, that cars would get to the point they did? Of course not. No. You know, no nobody way. would have seen that. And we're doing the same thing with electric cars now. But I am buying. Plus, they're expensive. And it's so, the same way with phones and everything else. There's yeah. no way you could have predicted the world we're living in right now. Yeah. And when you think of back in my day, because my dad was uh, kind of cheap, one phone in the house. We didn't even have an extension. And my dad would say, what in the hell? Okay, Dad, we got it. We got it. We got it. You just couldn't. There was one phone in the house. Now everybody's walking around with a phone in their pocket. Yeah, and they don't have to have the big old long extension that you nope. wanted so bad. And the, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. And the, uh, and the batteries last much longer. I wanted to hit this great story that you have. You have two baseball books here, you being the collector of this. Which one do you want to do first? Let's do a couple of minutes on each one. We talked about it in the morning show. Yeah, so I like to read a lot of baseball history, and, and I got a, a – a, I'll buy books like in bulk where I'll get like, – like yesterday I got eight books. They're all about Sacramento. I probably won't read any of them for a little while, but I just kind of happened upon this lot that I thought was a, a good lot of interesting books, and at some point I hope to read all of them. And so I have I, – I bought a lot a while back about a bunch of uh, the World War II era of baseball because so many players, you know, took off their baseball uniforms – put on a soldier's uniform and went and did whatever was asked of them without any problem. And it's a totally different world back then, obviously. So as we know with, you know, the, the movie with Madonna and what was the movie, um, a league of their own, there was women leagues and there was a lot of different ways of trying to kind of fill in the entertainment. So that way we kept the morale of the country up. Well, one of the ball players that stepped up was a, a one armed batter named Pete Gray. Uh, he was a baseball player that, that, played in the major leagues while the war was going on and just kind of an inspiring story being that, you know, it's not, you wouldn't see him and say, Oh, baseball player. You know, he goes out here, he's a baseball player inspiring the country. And uh, so I got this book. I've had it for a little while and I've kind of been looking forward to getting into it. And last night I thought, Oh, I'll just take a little look through it. And as I opened the front cover, it's autographed by Pete Gray, the baseball player. And I went and I ran comps, and it's legitimately his autograph. So this guy who was kind of a wartime hero in a different way, you know, signed the book. And so it's like one of those really cool finds that I just kind of happened upon. So I'm really looking forward to reading the book, too. I'm going to get into that one after I finish the book I'm reading now, which this book is the one that I was wanting to start, been wanting to start it for a while because Buck O'Neill has been an inspiration for me. As I went through my divorce, I kind of looked at his attitude, the way he approached things um, through gratitude and all those things, even though life really wasn't fair to him. He, he, he was at the tail end of his career as they started letting in, you know, uh, Jackie Robinson mm-hmm. and Larry Dovey and Monty Irvine. And, and like the, as baseball started to integrate, there was these players who really, I mean, and the, the traveling that they had to do and the conditions they had to live under and all of this stuff, it wasn't like Major League Baseball now. And, and this man is, has Buck O'Neill ma- maintained this advocacy for the Negro League players that didn't get the recognition that they deserved. Um, I think he's helped get like something like 30 players into the Hall of Fame, never attempting to get in himself. That was not his thing in the book. And I'm still at the very beginning. He talks about that. He goes, I was a very good player. I was a very good, but 
there were a lot of great players, and we need the great players to get in. I, he's, he basically says he doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, but he is now in the Hall of Fame. But the thing that's funny about that, too, is how many sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth tier players would he have bumped out without any issue? Major League Baseball players were worried not only because some of them were, unfortunately, racist. Others were, I'm going to lose a job yeah. because they were all clear on how good these ball players were. So that was a, a big problem. And it's the only time that I ever use that are players like they used to be. And when you look at some of the stats that got loaded up back in the day that uh, African-Americans, black ball players, weren't allowed in, Think how that would have changed the landscape if you would have had Josh Gibson swinging the bat in the 40s. And everybody was aware. The players all knew how good the mm-hmm. black ball players were. The, the, they knew because they barnstormed. They played against each other during the offseason, much to the dismay of Major League Baseball, because they wanted people to think, oh, no, there's a distinct difference between the level of play, which absolutely wasn't. One gets to second a lot faster than the other. And, the, and, and the, that would be one of the things. And the ingenuity with the Negro League baseball players and the and the owners and stuff like that like they brought um lights out to the baseball field like they were playing night games way before major league baseball way before that they were they were dragging out lights and lighting up the fields because a lot of times they had to fill in and use stadiums when other people weren't because they weren't obviously were not a priority and um so really there's a truth to that the a lot of the players in major league baseball their biggest thing on trying to keep black players out really was that job security thing and I think there was you know there was definitely a lot of racism within the ownership and and certainly within the higher ranks of Major League Baseball but I think what the players were mainly trying to just preserve their job and I and obviously still just as evil just as bad but um it's one of those things that I think people kind of remember, think about the era and they think oh there's all these racist ballplayers that didn't want didn't want black players in and Really, they played alongside these guys a lot, and they had a lot of respect for them, and they were, it was a job security thing. Nobody wants to lose their gig. The other thing that's interesting, when you look at GOATs, everybody who's the best, who's the best. Michael Jordan comes up a lot. Yeah. And then people say, well, he lost that time because of baseball. A few people lost that time because of war. Yeah. Let that one go. Yeah. yeah. Let that one go. He decided to join baseball and he was actually quite good. And people who played with him said he was a great guy. He had like bought a better bus because he looked and he goes, I ain't getting on that. And yeah. he bought a better bus. And apparently he treated his teammates really, really well. These guys were out getting shot at. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys were out defending their country. So we can always use those arguments, gaps in performance, but for Ted Williams and the like, these were primetime players in the you know the heart of their greatness, and they went off to do a bigger thing. Yeah, and the war really too was uh, played a big role into the integration of baseball because they the you know you can't send people out to war and then say they also can't do what we do on the field or whatever you know there was you can't you can't just pick what you you allow somebody to do you you have to like open up the doors and there was a lot of political pressure and stuff like that at the time. But, you know, finally they did the right thing. And obviously it worked because Jackie Robinson changed the game. Like it was a completely different game and the mm-hmm. world saw it in a different way. And it was unfortunate because a lot of the black ball players lost their gigs. Guys like Buck O'Neill, because the Negro Leagues really started to drop off. All the, all the yeah. fans of the Negro mm-hmm. League started to go see Jackie Robinson play in Brooklyn. Why you wouldn't know, they, right? Larry Doby yeah. play in Cleveland. Like they, yeah. They, yeah why they, wouldn't they? These were, this was history happening in front of you you have the opportunity to go see this and unfortunately that was one of the 
the bad parts of it was that that we lost all the the great Negro League teams and a lot of the really good players that were just kind of on that fringe, maybe maybe a little bit too old to make the transition or whatever. Yeah, the shift was dramatic. We're going to wrap it up here. It is afterwards, after the KVTA morning show. i got to hit some of these because it kind of cracked me up that we have the mutual love of the office, and yeah. one of the great office episodes was the CPR episode. Oh, yeah. And what song did they feature? Uh, at first, I was afraid. <laughs> I was such a fright. <laughs> if you can ever see that episode, when the whole office starts singing and everybody's dancing, and the poor woman, she's so <laughs> yeah. just... What's going on here? What's happening? It was brilliant. It was so clever. It was so funny. I want to do some of the certified CPR songs that are on Spotify as the leaders. Eye of the Tiger, Survivor. Classic. Bump, 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 bump. I can go with that. Stronger by Britney Spears. You must have that. Okay. Mm, I don't know. Uh, Set Fire to the Rain by Adele. Everybody... Uh, from the Backstreet Boys, Wanna Be, What You Really Want If You Wanna Wanna oh. Really Be Really Want, yeah. I feel like these are all different paces, though. Yeah, I'm I'm I feeling Wanna Be is very much quicker, yeah, if, if you're <laughs> resuscitating. Yeah, Some Nights, uh, Pocket Full of Sunshine, I know that song by Natasha Bedingfield. A Lincoln Park with Numb, I'm trying to find some Neil Young or Black Sabbath here. More Than a Feeling from Boston, Hollaback Girl, we all know that from oh, Gwen Stefani. Yeah. But these are the songs, Walking on Sunshine, Allie and Jay. I thought that was Katrina and the Waves. Hmm. And, oh, the one that we will end with, Getting Jiggy With It. Oh, there we go. You know why that song's near and dear to me? When me and the wife uh, got married on our, you know, announcing, uh, uh, you know, husband and wife, we played uh, Jimi Hendrix Star Spangled Banner because we got married on the 4th of July. Oh. And when we walked into the hall, Get get Jiggy With It nice. came on. Yeah, we rolled out Get Jiggy With It. It's a really good dance song. Yes, it is. It's a fine dance tune. Well, it's always fun covering what we talked about here on the KVTA Morning Show. That wraps it. It is a blast. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. Be sure to look for us on that app, the KVT, afterwards.